This is Jean. This is Nicole. And this is Daniel. And this is a podcast to magically disappoint our parents. Yay. Yes, we're here. This is the second um, installment of the social distancing series. Yes. Um, But I feel so close to y'all. I'm so close to the screen. I could kiss (laughs) y'all. Six feet away, Jean. Six feet. (laughs) Six feet or six thousand feet. Wah, wah, wah. These jokes. <laughs> Terrible. Let's do a check-in. How are y'all doing? Um, I would like to um, announce that I'm really tired of the internet at this point. Um, every time I master one platform, um, either hackers tell me it's no good anymore, <laughs> or or once I master a Google Drive, someone's like, not good. So I'm. I am changing with the times, just like that Billy Joel song. Wait, what? What do you mean Google is not? Okay, so like um, we're we're on web campus. If everyone uses web campus, it freezes. So they tell me to go use Google Drive. And then whenever he uses Google Drive, it freezes. And then, you know, Zoom has hackers. And it's just, it's ever changing um, on platforms. And as I keep up, I, I see my students either keep up or they disappear okay because the inaccessibility of like learning at light speed while also submitting homework and classwork is uh, Uh, a struggle yeah yeah (laughs) how you doing daniel um (laughs) i'm back to teaching again and uh the same as jean i am tired of the internet and always looking Mm. at a screen um like i i try to make sure that i have some like outside time i mean, i know that i should be like wearing a mask and stuff but sometimes i just want to be outside like you i miss i, I oh, miss you mean, like outside. like if you go do groceries or something you well i mean like i now i put on like the mask because i have right. to and i need right. and i'm gonna be around people right but in the morning when i get up i just need to be outside and i know that i know that in the mornings no one's going to be outside so i just go do my runs in the morning and that's it and that's my only time outside well i mean you could put a mask in your pocket (laughs) daniel um didn't get the memo (laughs) on sleeping in which is um, (laughs) i'm totally adhering to that shit you know what i mean like i'll go 10 o'clock conference call go hard and then 10 15 go now (laughs) honestly it's probably better for everyone to like you know if you are gonna go hard on a thing to like take a break afterwards yeah. like why can't we just function like this forever right. that's why i mute the screen and i'm a blanket burrito on those calls now you know, <laughs> you know. i mean fair enough fair enough um what about you boo oh uh pandemic is hard (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I guess quarantining is is starting to get a little harder um just because like um you know folks's tempers are a lot shorter Mm -hmm. um and um now is a really good time to exercise like um well always exercise like compassionate communication right but also transparency is really good because like it's really easy to be like uh like to think or to assume something else when it's really just 
other folks being stressed out or right. yeah. like nothing is nothing is there at all for real but um yeah i it's on a funny but not so funny <laughs> no like um my parents are really going through it. oh <laughs> like, yeah like yeah. their um their patience for each other is like wearing thin <laughs> yes there's a lot of marital battles currently <laughs> happening yeah royal rumble Woo. folks are gonna learn that way we learn right yeah to, yeah. to quote yeah. um one of our favorite femters dr anita tijerina rivia hey, that way me. we learn <laughs> um so i'm excited about today's episode are y'all yeah i got my tissues ready okay okay <laughs> um we are going to talk about queer breakups Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love how we have two different reactions. <laughs> that was perfect. Um, that was like low-key harmonization. Get this, get this show on the road, you two. Uh, we can't. We're social distancing. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so why is this important? After we had talked about, you know, queer dating, we're on the other side of that coin. Queer breakups. Um, why, why is this important, you two? Because it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's very much like a part of the like anyone's dating process, I yeah. guess. I was I, about to say like it's part of the cycle, but then another part of me thinks, no, there's, it's the end of that thing. And it's, a, a, it's going to be a new thing afterwards. So it's not really a cycle. Um, it's a journey. It's yes. A, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Um, <clears throat> so in, of course, I am in this space that uh, learning and also um, modeling holding space for y'all. So um, let's get, let's get to, get to the nitty gritty. Um, do we have any disclaimers or is there anything that the audience needs to know before we dive on in? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I'm going to be super um, vulnerable with this episode, um, and I'll be talking about um, experiencing intimate partner violence, so um, listen at your discretion. Mm-hmm. I, you know what, uh, you made me really think with that, um, that disclaimer, and I am thankful that the two of you are sharing what possibly could be painful growth experiences, but this is really important during the quarantine too, because, you know, like you said, with your parents, it's not just happening for, you know, pets, like it's happening for all relationships in this time as we reevaluate this new space and sense of intimacy. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. if some of the things that you listeners are listening to that you're like, Oh, that that makes me rethink. Um, we hope that um, this is a resource episode as much as it is a decompression for our co-hosts today. <laughs> I also want to add on to that too. When Jean said um, reevaluating um, intimacy, I also, especially during this quarantine, I was also reevaluating myself within mm. like my past relationships, right. um, and it's like those realizations are somewhat revealing as to like who I am now and who I was before. 
Um, yeah. That's beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. Like, there's a lot of time to think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So why break up, though? Why? Um, and let's start on <laughs> why that happened. I mean, well, how did this episode come about? Um, um. <laughs> but you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, um. So I, I think it was like the first installment, right, when we we're talking about queer relationships. Um, during that time, um, I was very much in a relationship, and um, it was a good relationship. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's a bad relationship, at least, um, but it didn't go well. Um, it did not end poorly because of my experiences before in my other, like my previous mm-hmm. relationships. Um, but I just thought that this is such a, this was such a salient um, experience that was happening to me at that point in time, or at least like afterwards, after that first episode, that I think is important to share with everyone because it's not really something that a lot of people talk about or really um, reflect on. But yeah, so I'm single so again. Another one. <laughs> we cut to the chase. Sorry, Daniel. Oh my gosh, we got like a literary person over here. Yes. Um. Um. In summary, as what my students would say, um, I am single and not ready to mingle. Oh, <laughs> what a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why is that? that? Why is that with the not ready to mingle part? Because um, I mean, I, I know a lot of folks um, who jump in and out of their pain, right into the next mm-hmm. thing, and that yeah, uh, beyond relationships, projects, friendships, work relationships. You know, so what? Yeah, what makes you set that boundary in terms of not ready to mingle? For me, so the the most recent relationship that. I had just reflecting on it some more, it just felt more so like not necessarily a rebound, but more of a convenience uh, relationship where we were just there together and we like each other's company and we just wanted to tack on a a label onto it. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really, it wasn't really, we weren't growing together. And mm. I think, like, our differences, too, are starting to, like, crop up where mm. we were not on the same page. Um, like, stability-wise, we were, like, different. Um, and we both just didn't want to hurt each other that I think it was best for the both of us to just, I think it's time for us to just go our ways. Right. Um, and to answer Jean's question about like, why not jump into like the next one? Um, I mean, part of it is one, the quarantine. I don't want to. One, the quarantine. And number two, um, when I, when I jumped into like the next thing, like be it a person, be it a project, be it something, 
I end up hurting myself more and causing residual damage to that person or that thing mm. or that Deep, deep. Um, Nicole, do you have to add to that? That's really important um, to um, like allow for some time after a breakup to mourn the breakup. Um, what a good word. And to mourn it, um, like just to allow that, to acknowledge that sadness that you feel and also not to put like a deadline for it to like rush yourself through this so you can go do what the fuck ever afterwards. But, um, and like, I didn't really, um, know any of like, I didn't recognize the need for that until, uh, maybe like two relationships ago. Mm. So, um, and that, I guess that's like part of getting older, part of being in therapy for me is, and having friends who are also dedicated to healing work, like just, um, and like what Daniel is saying is to reflect on, on that relationship and um, like also bring it back to Ariana Grande, like a, a thank you next. Thank you, like, yeah. um, like what, what are you learning about yourself, about what you want in another partner or like, mm-hmm. um, like you're also learning about what you want as a person, like, like what are the things that you want in a relationship and in a partner? Um, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of things to, to examine, like, um, how maybe how like past trauma or unresolved, um, hurt, um, like played a part in that relationship or whatever. Like there's, there's a lot of things to reconsider. Um, but also, yeah, just being nice to yourself after heartbreak is really important. So my next question, um, what does mourning look like? Does it look, is it like you cut off all communication for the initial few weeks? Does it look like, I mean, I know, I, I know it's not uniform for anyone and I don't know what's healthy or not healthy in the yeah. country. Do you follow their social media so it doesn't hurt <laughs> anymore? Because I feel like that just adds salt to the wound, you know? So um, what do you think that looks like in terms of like um, health, like at best, w- best practices of like a healthy way of letting go? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you end it and you're like, let's be friends. And then they move on quicker or, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, fuck no new friends, you know, what do you do? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and it took me a while to figure it out, I guess. Uh, and not that I'm planning on breaking up anytime soon. <laughs> um, but for me, I've always needed to completely separate myself from an ex, like social media, just not talking to each other. Um, even if it's an amicable breakup, like, it's just, like, I, and because of the circumstances of, like, the breakup, like, it's just, it was better for me to completely remove myself from, so, from seeing their social media or, um, like, having contact with them, because just, like, I don't want to fuck with them half the time, (laughs) but then, like, years go by, and, like, I have exes who, like I'm friends with, um, and there are some that I, uh, 
don't really have any feelings for, like, I don't feel anything mm-hmm. about them. Um, and then there are like exes who like, I um, want like wrath, like the wrath of my yeah. <laughs> um, ancestors and to, to fall upon them. Thank you. What about you, Daniel? What do you think about my question in terms of how do you mourn and separate or be friends if that's the case? Um, so where Nicole is right now is I think like I'm like compared to Nicole, I am in the learning process of, mm-hmm. of, um, of this morning. Um, I, so I was just talking to my friends about um, my past, like my most current um, relationship. And I don't necessarily like mourn it because again, mm. it was just more just a convenience um, thing. Um, during this quarantine, strangely, um, no, not strangely, not strangely, because I know why this is such a strong like anchor within like my within myself. Um, I started thinking about um, if if y'all remember from like the first installment that there was a person that was very, very special to me who Mm -hmm. um, I had a very strong connection with. We weren't in a relationship um, and he couldn't do long distance. Mm -hmm. Um, He ended up choosing someone um someone um and who wasn't me sad um and i had to kind of just deal with not only um rejection from him but also like rejection of myself because i felt like because mm. i felt like i wasn't worth it for worth it i wasn't worth it for us to be in a relationship right Mm -hmm. so that truly just I don't know like it was I was not in a good mindset for a whole year and part of it has to do with the fact that I kept in contact with him through social media and Mm -hmm. all that stuff um I've only recently um just like cut off all contact and during this um quarantine kind of double like double double edged sword where like I don't I can't contact him anymore right but at the same time it's like I have this I have this urge and I have this like need to like reach out again Mm. um when I know that I shouldn't um and it's it's been a really rough weekend Mm kind of just going like going through that again where like I do miss him um, mm-hmm. and that also makes me realize that like a lot of the, like our situation, like just lined up at the perfect time only for us to be like fractured. Right. Um, so yeah, like that's like where I'm at. I'm still learning how to cope with the separation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also accepting that perhaps it wasn't meant to be, or that we're just can't be together. I really like that you point out the duality of trying to just go about it as a good person, but you're also like the the weighing in and out of like, how much do I give 
myself, even in a friendship, um, especially being as close as you were, right? Like that's a huge like gear shift. Um, but I want to go back to like self-worth and convenience because, um, you know, there are still folks out here in 2020, not all out, you know? And so I think that um, the dating pool can be really small. And so we have folks who stay in relationships um, that aren't good for them. And so um, can you impart any experience with that um, as, you, as somebody who is navigating um, a relationship because it's hard, to, one, it's hard to date, and two, you're not quite sure what your worth is. Any of you would like to share on that? Um, I guess like, um, like knowing your worth, which is one of my, that's like my favorite saying from um, Peggy Carter is like, I know my worth. And that was a, that I have that tattooed. Um, and I got that after a painful breakup and after, um, yeah, uh, I don't, like, I'm trying to find, like, trace where I, like, f found my worth or whatever, but I think it has to, like, knowing your worth really has to do with, um, like, healing, um, and I also knowing your worth is, is, part of can you be single mm. uh, a huge question like if I know there are a lot of factors that play into folks staying together like maybe it's out of like a financial um like necessity right. or, mm -hmm. or whatever um but and so I I think that's like one of the I think and I think across like sexuality that's very much a thing is like can folks be by themselves mm. right and I think right. when you're by yourself is is kind of when you know your worth or you start to develop like a better sense of yourself mm -hmm. um and I say this as someone who like uh I, I guess I would go like a couple years between big relationships or like lengthy relationships. Um, but I for sure definitely used some not so healthy coping mechanisms. Like there was the time where like I drank a lot and I for sure mm -hmm. partied a lot. And um, I think that was also informed by trauma. Mm -hmm. Um so not to shame anyone that's like right really going through it and you like are using these like destructive um coping mechanisms like maybe that's all you can do for survival in that moment but like i guess um it's like you kind of have to go through that journey on your own to like want more or different I don't know if I'm making sense. So you're making a lot of sense. As I want to stand the destructive piece. Like, you know, um, I mean, it can happen internally and externally uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the destruction. Um, if you stay in a toxic relationship or if you linger on breakups, 
So um, how do you handle um, those moments? Um, so I'm looking back at our, our outline and uh, it says like a uh, worst breakup <laughs> and who, and like, I don't know that I can like categorize my, my breakups like that because there's always like, um, like heartbreak is just heartbreak <laughs> to me. Like no matter, um, if it's with someone who I dated for like a couple mm. months or someone who I was with for years, um, but I can for sure rank my exes <laughs> in terms of like who, uh, like who was cool to who I hope that they're well, but I don't have to have a relationship with them yeah. to like, I want them dead, <laughs> which I think wow. it's, fair, it's like fair enough. Cause, um, I guess I'll dive into it. Like, yeah. uh, so, um, I dated someone, I was in a queer relationship for like six months and, um, this was like fresh off of my, my almost six year relationship. So I, um, my ex-girlfriend who we were together for like almost six years, we broke up. I mean, it was probably, I guess I could rank it as like one of the most devastating breakups to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I can look back at it and still be like, like, I learned something from that and I wish her well. Um, right. I hope she's in therapy, you know, um, but I like, we don't have to be friends or anything like that. Um, and I don't like, I don't wish anything terrible <laughs> for her. Um, and so like, I think like I, so I started dating someone after that um, who I found on the Her app. And I guess also to say that like queer, queer Vegas is very small. So, mm-hmm. um, like everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I dated someone who was not really like aesthetically most like someone who I normally gravitated towards, but like, you know, I was fresh off of this, like, mm-hmm. set, like pseudo divorce. So I was going to go try new shit, you know? <laughs> um, and so like, uh, we were pretty different and, but we found some common ground. Um, and, but it was also very chaotic. Mm. And so at the time I, I, you know, I was just like, kind of like trying new things. So I was trying to figure out what, what this chaos was. Mm. Um, and then also still trying to learn not to try to fix other people. And like folks have to fix themselves. That's another thing that like, why that's are you hard? Like, are you trying to fix someone else? Cause that's fucking hard. Cause uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and so we were together for like six months and then, um, it, and we like, we drank a lot and we did a lot of drugs and like, you know, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Cause this is nothing that I did with my ex-girlfriend, you know? So, um, and then, one night she violated my consent Mm. or she didn't even ask for consent. And so like in the moment I internalized it as like, you know, it was just like really something fucked up that happened and we could like move forward from it. It'll be fine. Right. But, um, like, and so like I tucked that away and, um, but other like, 
other things would come up, like just our communication styles, like we were just clashing with different, like, we were just clashing. Right. Um, and, and then, so we finally broke up and then like, I started to like accept um, that I was raped by my then partner, you know? Mm, that's and I don't, hard. Yeah. And I don't think that a lot of, um, and this is like, not something that's like, you don't have to be queer to like experience this, like mm. intimate partner violence is like, it, it, um, had folks experience it. Like, I know I'm right. like laughing, but like, this is, I guess this is kind of how I cope also. But so, and so we have a friend who, um, makes zines about experiencing intimate partner mm -hmm. violence. And I resonate with that so much because I experienced it and it wasn't that long ago is, and yes, it wasn't that long ago. And I sometimes see this person out and about. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the mem or the, the moment of that, of that trauma, like, um really feeds into other parts of my life um like and i didn't really um think about just to what extent mm. so um i remember seeing posts about uh like victim survivors who are having an like having a hard time during quarantine like mm. coping um yeah. and I was like mm, I don't I don't know that um, <laughs> and um but and and with survival it's like very up and down right um and I just couldn't relate to other folks um really struggling until like I would really, and I mentioned this in the last episode, and um, I guess I didn't really want to, like, say too much out loud because it was getting too real and I still needed to talk to my therapist. <laughs> so, right. Um, but, like, in my research with queer fandom is very much tied to my assault because yes. it, it happened... Um, like around the time that I started doing all this research and started um, volunteering for cons and like even like my perpetrator was involved in some of the organizing of some cons and um, well from from a very small but still part. yeah present but, yeah but so if I'm going to talk about like my history researching this like I can't not think about my assault because it was very much a part like it's a part of that journey mm. um I get I think I'm going in different directions but I guess to say that <laughs> when um my very low tolerance for uh white queers in uh queer fandom is very reflective of um surviving my assault like I think there just came a point where where because when at first I was like you know this is just really fucked up and mm -hmm. we can work through this 
but then there came a point where I was like, I'm no, this, no. Right. There's like, there came a threshold. And so, um, I don't know what it was, but there was, maybe it was like something deep within me that was like, uh, bitch, you've like, you've been assaulted. Like maybe it's like part of that lizard part of your brain that's like for survival. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, for sure. I was, um, like, I just, uh, there was a a moment where I was like, like, I'm not going to put up with someone treating me like this. Um, and it took me a while to get, to get there. But I think like already being in therapy at that point, like helped me. Right. Um, because even my therapist, like when I like told my therapist about the assault, like, and I wasn't even using the word assault. Right. But, um, my therapist was like, bitch, are you sure? But, <laughs> um, right. but like, I had to get there myself, which I think a lot of people have to get there themselves. Wow. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think you pointed out something there, two, two huge points. And then I'm going to pass it to Daniel. Is like the normalcy of violence and the normalcy of entitlement within relationships um, mm-hmm. that we have been culturally and socially conditioned to abide by until like we realize this physical harm is also mentally damaging. And so thank you for sharing that. Um, Daniel, any thoughts? Um, <laughs> I'm like a CNN reporter. Um, oh, I know that was really fucking heavy, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is, and it's, and it's heavy. Um, I like one, one of the points that I wanted to, to talk about too, is um, like getting to the point where you'll realize that like, nah, this shit ain't going to cut it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I, because I I feel like for, at least for me in my experience with uh, um, the, the guy who ended up like, who can't do long distance um, for me, for like, a good portion of um, like the year. And it like happened during the holidays too, where he said that like, like this can't like this, Mm -hmm. like we can't work. Um, So like that shot down, like the holidays that shut down, like my spring semester all the way until, until summer where I was still like still very much wanting to be with him and like checking in on him and then realizing that like, Oh, just kidding he's still in a relationship with the Mm. other person so I'm like just continuously shooting myself down right um and I end up kind of bringing everyone down around me Mm -hmm. um and then so I talked to um my therapist about it um and I I mean I cried a lot but then my therapist truly stopped me and she said why are you talking about him and not about you? Mm. And I'm like, what's, what the fuck's the difference? He did something to me. Right. And it's like, yeah, but you are focusing everything on him. Right. Where like part of the situation has to do with you and you're the one that's talking. Um, and she talked to me about this idea of like, sensationalizing and glamorizing um like the pain that you have that like that I have experienced where it was just Mm. like 
like I like I created the story for myself. It's like, um, so very. Well, I mean, like I I don't want to say that it's similar, but um, like the same with what Nicole said, where like, oh, I guess like we can w- work this out, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. We're creating mm-hmm. situations to make like us or the situation feel better. Whereas for me, it's just like, oh, um, well, he said this to me and he said that like that he really liked me, but like, you know, things just can't work out. Um, whereas my therapist was just like, instead of sensationalizing or glamorizing, you have to just be grounded in reality. Like, what did you feel when he said that? And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I was bummed. And I was like, you're, then, then you're bummed. Yeah. Then you're bummed that he made that choice. And then, um, and I was just like, there's like that sudden switch. I'm like, that's, that's true. He chose someone else. Okay, great. But then what did I feel in that situation? Fucking sucked. Mm. Um, and then like at times where, I mean, this is going to sound a little like, um, like Harlequin novel kind of a deal where like, I still remember what like his neck smelled like. And I still Mm -hmm. remember, um, like like how his hand rests on like my back Mm. and those were like tender moments but also now it's just like yeah like I it sucked right to know that like we had we had shared those tender moments yes I acknowledge that they were good times but that's that's all I could do I can't I can't fictionalize something I can't make it even more glamorous Mm. as to like what the reality really was. Right. Um, and then I learned from my friend Camille to um, also like, again, like be grounded in reality. Just like if I end up going back to those thoughts where, um, you know, I try to rethink all of the things that could have been, should have been, mm. it should just be like, what, what is it? Like what is happening right now? What did happen? And also what's like, go back to your senses. What are you seeing right now? Like wherever you are, mm-hmm. what are you wow. hearing right now? What are you smelling right now? Not only to like take you out of that like bad spot, mm-hmm. but also to just, again, bring you back to the reality as to, you know, like the aftermath of the breakup. Right. Regardless Gosh. of like where it is or when it is. I think you, you pose a really good point in in the um, to do before, during, and after breakup is that reality check-in um, because also culturally we're, we trauma bond, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes some of us have devastating families and family dynamics. So we glom on to maybe worse individuals, um, but we talk ourselves, we fictionalize that this was great, you know, and then mm-hmm. it's, it's, we're just in another cycle. And those are so hard um, because um, just it's really hard when you fictionalize love in that sense mm-hmm. um, as you're feeling harmed also. So I think both of you provide a really great size of both coins of leaving, staying, um, moments leading up to that. So um, another disclaimer for our um, audience is that my two co-hosts here aren't relationship experts, right? So <laughs> But, no, just, uh, uh, just a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what is, what is the overall message um, 
that you've learned or are beginning to learn or still learning um, through these breakups and moments? Um, I think like I resonate a lot with what Daniel was talking about, like trying not to internalize like someone not choosing you mm. because I for sure um, have thought of like, I've experienced that for sure. Um, and like learning how to um, look at that moment as not as someone not choosing me because I'm not good enough, but just because mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. Yeah. Right. That's like it, huge. For the most part, it has like, for the most part, it has nothing to do with me. Hey. Um, and even if it did, like, I guess that's fine because <laughs> like, a bitch moved on. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, it takes time. <laughs> Like time mm-hmm. is a healer, um, and um, we live in a very uh, instant gratification moment. Yeah, um, and so it is very difficult to uh, remember grounding exercises to keep you from spiraling out of control with these with these thoughts. Right. Um, and like wanting things but do you really want them right um like because of instant gratification like you know we gotta uh like retrain our brains right um but i was also very distracted by daniel's cat there (laughs) i'm so sorry no it's cool i love cats i think (laughs) my cat's claws got uh stuck in my uh heather cardigan oh (laughs) fashionable um i i think that there's a lot to learn about breakups again for you know all um genders and sexes but also um especially in this quarantine of Mm -hmm. like self-love is a practice Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think you were talking about how, um, sur- for survivors, it's up and down. And so, so is self-love. I mean, um, some good days, some bad days, um, especially in being alone mm-hmm. or, you know, your safety matters. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to think right. that uh, safety matters in this time. Um, and I think it's also important to say that especially during these times of isolation where you have a lot of time to think um, like it's okay for you to think upon those things again Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge those thoughts and to acknowledge whatever you feel when you're thinking these thoughts, but also to release them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Just for your own preservation and for your own um like mental wellness you're Mm -hmm. right you're right um i think a lot of people are learning about grief um in every form in every Mm -hmm. relationship um in this time and so be gentle with yourselves um in taking time for a breakup taking time for yourself right so um any last words before we sign off for our queer breakups episode. I think we um did we give suggestions? 
Oh yeah. About Let's give some, some, some wisdom. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe some, some to do's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after a breakup, um, apart from taking time to date yourself, Ooh. what are maybe, some date yourself ideas? Um, like I, I think dating yourself also is like healing your inner child. Um, and so like taking time out to, um, enjoy like things that folks would otherwise call like that's childish or whatever, like playing some video games, uh, drawing, like hitting up some Legos, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah, like nourish, like being, uh, kind to the child version of you. Right. Um, and then I know that especially now it's really hard for folks to, um, find therapists. Um, but I think like a lot of folks are also doing like webinar, like free webinars. So like looking for, um, that kind of stuff on the internet, I think would be worthwhile also. Great. And have um, a cocktail if you need. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a nice self-date idea. Um, going back or to add on to what Nicole said about uh, dating yourself, uh, and also to what Nicole said about just being by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I think people should do things by themselves, um, and kind of like think think to like, are you able to go to a fast food restaurant by yourself? Mm, are you able to, or a movie by yeah. yourself? Are you able to go to a, a shopping mall or a, a department store by yourself? Um, because truly, I couldn't. Right. And then now I'm able to because I can. And right. it feels so good to just go in and out. Done. Right. And not it have really to worry about, What was that? No, go ahead. Oh, it's just, and to just be able to do things at your own pace, mm -hmm. at your own time, at your own volition. Mm -hmm. um, it's real nice. It's like liberating to yeah. do shit by yourself. <laughs> after, after you finally sit with it, right? And mm -hmm. um, I think you also learn as you're doing, as you're claiming that new identity or that part of you, it's hard to be around people who, who used to be codependent on you. You know what I mean? Who like, feel entitled to you. Um, and the exciting part at the end of many ends to this self-work is like you get to um, you get to meet communities or people or significant others who see the most healed sense of you. And yeah. that's the kind of person that mm -hmm. um, is worth gravitating at for you in all all right circles. I guess. And, I'll, and to, um, to connect back to what you said about like the communities that see the most healed or like the most healing you, mm -hmm. um, you have people that love you, mm -hmm. you know, um, reconnect back to those roots because they're the ones that are, um, going to help with your healing process because you know that they're, they have been there. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, that's such a good point you do forget like you know 
your mom could have been like, I told you you're always beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank you both so much um, because um, you don't have to always talk about a quarantine to know that um, sometimes we intentionally make ourselves lonely or um, drive people away or should be driving people away. <laughs> um, so we are going to sign off. Um, this is Jean. This is Nicole. And this is Daniel. And we are a podcast dedicated to disappoint our parents. But <laughs> dedicated. Also, yes. But also exes. dedicated. No. Fuck oh, that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But also dedicated to healing ourselves. Hey, if I could snap with these sweaty thongs. Have a good one. (laughs) 